Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Today I am joined by a very special guest. I've been waiting to talk to somebody from this show for a long time, but it's not just all about that show. This is my all-encompassing interview as usual, so don't get too worried. We're going to hit on everything, but please allow me to introduce to you Jesse Inokalia. <laughs> So welcome. It's a, it's a tricky name, so I don't uh, I don't blame you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very excited that you're here. I definitely am eager to know more about just your career in general and more about you. And you know, we kind of talked a little bit in the pre-recording, and um, so let's just let's jump right into it. With what do you feel you might be most known for? Uh, wow. Uh, probably right now, the thing that I am most known for, my most visible credit, is uh, Soren on Netflix's The Dragon Prince. Um, that's kind of my, my, big, my big convention claim right now. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, you might know me from uh, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. I got a, I got a really cool guest star on, uh, on an episode of that. Oh, pardon me, I shouldn't be drinking Pepsi during an interview. Should have learned. <laughs> <laughs> um beyond that i was in dead rising 4 i was a number of zombies in dead rising 4 that was a good time uh i was uh a number of characters on lego's legends of chima a billion years ago yeah. <laughs> i don't know if it was that long ago but <laughs> it sometimes it feels my hair was around then <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a, I've had a very, I've been very blessed to have a very, uh, very rich and varied career and it's only just ramping up. Yeah. Yeah. You really have it. I, I definitely recommend the listeners check out your IMDb page. You've been on a lot of stuff. What was it that made you decide to become, I mean, I guess the, the more generalized term is what made you decide to become an actor? You know, it's, it's a really good question. I, uh, <laughs> When I was younger, you know, like my my background is, you know, my mom's a, my mom's a psychologist. My dad's a grandmaster martial artist. Like I got two skills in the world. I can hit stuff and I can talk good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a D&D &D <laughs> character right there. 
Basically, I'm I I roll barbarian if that's the case. Right? <laughs> I guess not really because they don't talk so hot, but you know. Uh, yeah, I I'd always wanted to do something in performing arts. I'm not particularly good at taking orders from people, so climbing any corporate ladder was never in my future. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> and uh, I when, well, when I was coming up to lead it into a bit of a story, I always wanted to be in action movies. You know, I, my dad's a grandmaster martial artist. I've been doing martial arts since I was, since I was in the crib, man. And like, I went to acting school, went through everything. I, we did like a couple classes on voiceover and I thought, oh, this is really cool. But, you know, I really want to be like doing action movies. And I get out of acting school and I start auditioning and the industry is just like, what do we do with this guy? <laughs> And I found nothing. I was I was running up against walls left, right, and center. And my agent at the time was very good friends with Michael Dobson, um, who you your listeners might know as you know he was Cobra Commander. He was uh, one iteration of Leonardo, one iteration of Starscream. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's been around the block, and. Uh, my agent just on a lark was like, hey, Jesse, Michael is having a workshop next weekend. Uh, do you want to go? He has an open spot. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? What else am I doing? I love cartoons. Let's learn a new skill. And while working with with Dobson, my mind was open and I was just immediately like, wow, I can I can make a living doing this. <laughs> I, can, I can do uh, I can pursue acting which I've always loved, which I've always wanted to to do and not have to worry about, you know, being a five, three stocky Filipino kid <laughs> in the dragon prince. When they say, uh, sweep the leg was that something <laughs> you came up with or no, no, uh, I, I can't take credit for that one. That's, that was pure, pure script. And I'm so happy with it though. <laughs> I will say, there are a couple references in the Dragon Prince that when I first read them, I did not get. And usually I'm pretty sharp with this sort of thing. But Sweep the Leg, I absolutely got because I, I love the Karate Kid movies uh-huh. coming up. But uh, in season three, when Soren interrupts uh, Rayla and Callum in their very heartfelt, tender moment with his like bell dinging, when I first got the script, I didn't understand that the end bit was a reference to Rocky with Apollo Creed going, you know, time for the fight, ding, ding. <laughs> and as soon as John Carlo got on the mic and told me that, I was like, oh, of course it is. That's exactly what that is. But I just, uh, I got it in my head that it was an entirely different way. <laughs> That's great. I love those little subtle references. That's awesome. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you have any kind of inspiration that made you decide like, oh, yeah, 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 this is what I'm going to do? For a voiceover? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've always loved cartoons as a kid and even growing up, you know, right now I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really on board for a lot of like heavy media. So I've been rewatching a lot of like cartoons that I grew up on and it's really nice to, it, it's just so lovely to be able to, to bring life to these, these larger than life characters who have meant so much to so many people throughout the years. You know, I think about um, like Peter Cullen doing Optimus Prime or, um, you know, one of my coaches, Rob Paulson doing Pinky from Pinky and the Brain or 
you know, he was Donatello in the Ninja Turtles. Like all of these characters mean so much to so many people and they mean a lot to me too. So getting the chance to kind of play in that same sphere and, you know, help, uh, help inspire new generations for as corny as that sounds is really, is really lovely, you know? Yeah. To be the inspiration for somebody else is, is amazing. And did you have a lot of support when you decided to become a voice actor or did people think you were just crazy? <laughs> um, you know, I, I had a lot of support. My, my parents have always been very, very supportive of everything I've done. And I'm very fortunate that that's the case. Certainly like <laughs> coming up and not family, I did not get a, a whole ton of support right off the bat. But, um, you know, it's, it's nice to look back and be able to say that, you know, the people who did not believe in me along the way uh, were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look who's doing it now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to not to sound too petty about it, because certainly I'm not. But right. Right. It's nice to uh, it's nice to look back and, you know, take in the successes that I've had and the successes that are yet to come and think, you know, I, I've worked for this. You know, yeah. I, I've I've never been you know, handed this, this wasn't given to me. This is stuff that I worked really hard to achieve. And speaking as a, as a coach and a teacher as well, because I teach uh, voiceover at Vancouver acting school. Um, I am a private coach as well. Wow. It's something that myself is a very important value to me that there's a lot of gatekeeping in the entertainment industry, in acting, in voiceover, voiceover to a lesser extent, but Still, you know, when when I was coming up, I was told, you know, there are five or six people that book every role in the city. And, you know, I I very firmly believe that there is room for everybody. There mm -hmm. is room for, you know, people of, of all ethnicities, all genders, all all backgrounds in voiceover, because it's so important that we have authentic representation within our media because, you know, kids like I was, I'm a, <laughs> again, I was a, you know, short, stocky, you know, Filipino kid coming up and, you know, all my heroes on TV were, you know, blonde white guys, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because I get to play one now, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> on that same note, you know, I can play that and be like, yeah, like, look at me, I'm doing that. <laughs> so it's to, to kind of put a cap on that it's really important to me as a as a performer as a coach and as just a member of the community that uh we make it accessible we right. make it as accessible as we can to the talent who who truly deserve to be there i like it i like that a lot that's perfect how do you go about creating in your mind the the voices for the characters Sure. Um, it, it kind of depends, you know, in a case like, uh, in a case like Soren, when I got the, when I got the script, uh, for the audition for it, right. The breakdown said, you know, think teenage Jamie Lannister, think Joey Triviani, <laughs> the sword, like he's a, he's a little cocky. He's a bit of a bully. He means well, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> right, right, right. And the the big cue in for me there was one of the refs they gave 
was think like James Spader in an 80s movie. Mm. And I I love John Hughes films. I'm a I'm a big nerd for for cinema. And watch like thinking back on on Spader in like in a John Hughes film, I found that sort of like that sort of snark to him. You know, that that privileged Californian snark sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was a nice little stepping stone for me to like get into Soren. Um, as I've, as I've, you know, done more episodes with him, uh, something I found is that, you know, there's a lot more of me in him than I initially gave him credit for. And I think that's, you know, just as a part of spending so much time with a role. But, uh, I think the, the, the way that I kind of start with any role is I, Find what relates myself to that character. So, you know, in Soren's case, uh, it was finding that that sense of snark, that sense of like that little little smart assiness to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Then as he's grown in seasons, it's finding his honesty, his earnesty, his uh, his real loyalty to his family, that kind of thing. And just putting that more into my work and into my performance with him. Um, Other times, you know. I, I've spent a lot of time in improv, mm-hmm. and sometimes when we get breakdowns for auditions, we get to see what the character looks like. Oh. And, you know, usually we get a description of what the character is, but once in a while we'll get the picture. And for me, at least, I find it easy when I get a picture to, like, immediately snap into, like, okay, this character looks this way, so, you know, maybe they have a hunch, so that's going to affect their voice. And maybe they have like, uh, maybe they've got like an underbite, so that's going to affect their voice too. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of those little things can can coalesce into a starting point to start building a voice for a character. Yeah. All right. So, so it sounds like you take into account all the different facets, and I'm sure that lends itself pretty well to um, doing all the things that you've done. Lends itself pretty well to you being a coach. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been really nice as, cause I've been coaching probably for six years, five, six years now. Wow. And it's been really nice to kind of get to know how other people's, uh, process works for creating characters. Cause, you know, I tell all my students up front, you know, this approach worked for me and oh. my approach may not work for you. And that's totally fine. It just means we got to find another approach. Yeah, absolutely. You you were saying before, um, you know, with your your claim to fame and all that. So sure. have you have you done uh, any conventions? I've done a few. Yeah, we were uh, we were at uh, Honolulu Comic Con last year. Um, Raquel, Jason, and I. Raquel Belmonte, who plays Claudia, Jason Simpson, who plays Viren. Uh, we three were at WonderCon last year. Uh, the whole cast was in Honolulu. Uh, we also did Anime Weekend Atlanta uh, last October, and just earlier this year we were at Sac Anime in Sacramento. Wow! Did you have anybody come up to you or any of you as your characters? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely! It's it's always very flattering. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Like, is it weird? Is it you know? I I try and snap pictures with all the Soren cosplayers that come up. Nice. Uh, just because I think it's I think it's so cool and such a such a neat thing to see. I know Rack does too with Claudia's, but um, you know at 
I when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time at anime conventions. Mm-hmm. So I I'm pretty used to the scene, but it's really neat to kind of see it from the other side now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's really cool. I, along those same lines of, you know, seeing somebody come up dressed as one of your characters, like have you gone back and and watched the Dragon Prince or or played Dead Rising 4 and heard your voice and been like, "Oh man, that's weird." <laughs> um I'll tell you that happened to me with Legends of Chima, where uh, I never watched it during its initial run because I don't have cable. But uh, once it dropped on Netflix, I watched a couple episodes and I was like, oh, wow, this is weird as hell. (laughs) But um, with Dragon Prince and with like other things I've done, uh, you know, My Little Pony or whatever else, it's it's really uh, it's something I've gotten used to. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. <laughs> uh, it's it it comes with time. I found <laughs> it just but, gets less weird. Yeah, but at first, deeply jarring. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and you had you had made mention before about uh, doing improv. Do you prefer improv to script work? It depends. Um, I would say. For performances, like if it's a live performance or something, I usually prefer improv. Um, I'm not great at memorizing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I like I like to have the freedom to play a little bit. Um, that said, uh, m- like the scripts that I've had the, that I've had the pleasure to work with have routinely been pretty good, if not excellent, in a lot of cases. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And you know, it's been very it's been very nice to be able to to work with such very high caliber material, but also in a lot of cases, you know, directors, casting writers at all are usually very generous about, you know, allowing us improv takes here and there. Um, I had a, I had a moment at uh, one of our events that will always stay with me because it just took me completely by surprise (laughs) uh, where the moderator said something to the tune of, uh, you know, hey, Jesse, so you're famous in the writer's room for improvising. And I was like, what? I am? And they were like, yeah, you you improvise a bunch of lines and we keep a bunch of them. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Do, do you? Because I, I forget, you know, I, I don't, I'm usually riffing and I don't remember everything I say. Mm-hmm. But um, the example they pointed out was, uh, in season two of Dragon Prince, where Rayla and Soren are fighting, and they've got that cool sword fight, yeah, and Rayla says something to the tune of uh, "You don't understand sarcasm, do you?" And Soren goes, "You know, no, I do not." That line from me was improvised. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, where I was just like, I was just riffing, I was just playing in the moment, and I remember. Once it had been brought to me, all of these memories unlocked. <laughs> and I remember uh, Devin, the the lead writer on the show, kind of popping on on the mic and just being like, "Hey Jesse, do you mind uh, do you mind saying that again, but louder?" And I was like, "Say what? What, what do I say?" <laughs> I, I don't remember. I blacked out. <laughs> so it, I'm very thankful that they're very much on the ball. You're right. <laughs> I am too, because that line worked beautifully right there. I'm I'm really I'm really happy with it. There's there's a couple moments in there 
where uh you know they just kind of they just kind of let us play and it it really makes it pop you know yeah absolutely i mean it definitely gave a little more depth to the show Mm -hmm. so with everything that you've got going on and you know things popping up here and there and you're coaching and all that do you have time for hobbies (laughs) uh lots of it actually (laughs) I i have quite a bit of time um yeah i uh I'm an avid video gamer. I play a, I play a lot of video games, especially right now. Um, right, right. Are you are you playing Animal Crossing with all the other Animal Crossers? You no, know, I've never played an Animal Crossing. <laughs> I was starting to think I was the only one. <laughs> I so completely off topic of voiceover, but um, I I only bought my first Nintendo console last year. Oh, cool. <laughs> like I had a I had a DS for the longest time, like well after the DS was out of use, and I used to play on that quite a bit. But I'd never played an Animal Crossing, and I just kind of dropped off of all Nintendo like console consoles, not like handhelds, right? Mm-hmm. And then last year, my uh, my partner was going through like a rough patch at work, and I thought let's do something to cheer her up, and I bought a Switch for the household, and. I it's it's such a great console. It's so much fun. How did I sleep <laughs> on Nintendo stuff for so long? I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Do, but you, yeah, I'm, uh, do you give uh, little voices to the characters or do you let them do that by themselves? <laughs> you know, I like I kind of like letting them just do their thing, man. Like <laughs> it's it's something too with voiceover where I have found that like ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time. If I hear a role or like a commercial or anything that I've auditioned for and I haven't booked and I hear it after the fact, 99.99999% of the time, I'm just like, yeah, that was the perfect choice. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. See, and you like, thought this was going to be off topic. Well, it got back. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big video game nerd. Um, I like I like movies, but I like bad movies. <laughs> That's fair. There's nothing um, wrong with that. Yeah. I spent probably I spent probably 10 years in and around the world of capoeira, Brazilian martial arts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I I've been meaning to get back into it, but my schedule is very busy. But um I I still very deeply love it. I study it still to this day. <laughs> Speaking of all of everything you've got going on right here in this conversation with the bad movies, the martial arts, and the capoeira. Um, I actually remember watching a bad movie back when I was a kid that uh, I can't remember the name of it, but he was a teacher at an inner city school where all the kids were like, you know, just degenerates. Yeah. And he brought them together by teaching them capoeira. You are thinking of Only the Strong, starring Mark Dacascos. That is exactly the movie. I knew you'd know it. <laughs> <laughs> I I I love that movie. It's such a bad film, and like, I I mean, I love Mark Dacascos in everything. Like, he's he's so fun to watch. He was just in John Wick three. Like, he's such a cool actor, and like, also a Filipino, so mad props. Right. But right. I remember seeing that movie and just thinking, like, that guy. That guy's not from Brazil. (laughs) But, man, I I really like that film. So thank you for that memory. You're welcome. (laughs) Do you have any other special talents that people may not know about? 
Oh boy. Um, <laughs> kind of one that ties in to uh, to capoeira as a whole is because I spent so much time studying it. Uh, I speak a little bit of Portuguese. Oh, cool. Uh, but I think the more impressive of the the skills I've picked up from there because it's deeply outside of my skill set in real life is I play like I have the ability I should say to play three or four traditional Brazilian instruments wow all right then nothing like incredibly like I'm not going on concert or nothing but <laughs> I have the ability to play and to to sing songs in Portuguese that are capoeira related and uh, play these instruments. That's pretty fun. Uh, that's that's kind of the one that I am always surprised by. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So you're not going on concert, but you could probably play a subway. I yeah, I could do a subway maybe. <laughs> I performed in public with with the instruments before. <laughs> cool, cool. And do you have any pet peeves? Oh boy. Um, I'm sure I do. There's. <laughs> I think, um, okay, you know, okay, something that, that always bugs me, it doesn't happen very much, and I'm very thankful for it, but something that, that kind of bugs me is, uh, like, I'm, I'm pretty active on social media, and uh, something that gets me about it is when people start, like, joking with me like I know them. Ah. Like, it's it's not in the sense of like, don't make jokes with me. That's fine. But in the sense of like, you know, you know how, when you're with your buddies, you might like, you know, give each other a hard time for, for little stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like that sort of relationship, but with someone you don't know. <laughs> right. That, yeah, that doesn't seem very appropriate. <laughs> like I am, I like, I like joking around on Twitter. I'm, I'm general, I'm generally pretty easygoing. But I don't super like it when people assume that level of familiarity with me. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I can't take a joke, of course, because certainly I can. But, you know, just, like, understand, and this is, you know, kind of a blanket statement, and I don't mean it to sound as harsh as it will, but, like, I don't, I don't know any of y'all. <laughs> right. No, that's completely understandable. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a tricky line to walk. But um, for me, at least, because, like, I want to get to know the fans. I like meeting the fans. And I like, you know, interacting with them. But I, I don't like it when, you know, someone starts giving me a giving me a hard time in jest. But there's really no way to read that off the text. Yes. Yes, I, I can understand that. And I, somebody had posted something similar to that on Twitter that uh, they... Oh, what was it? It was something very similar to that where they love their fans and they don't want them to take this the wrong way, but they don't know them. So they don't they don't owe them any kind of um like they don't owe them anything. So to expect they they would direct message them back and then when they don't, they the fan gets all upset about it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I uh I I have a pretty hard and fast rule where I don't, I like 99% of the time I read most direct messages that get sent to me on Instagram or on, I don't think my DMs are open on Twitter, but on Instagram for sure, I read every message that gets sent to me, mm -hmm. but I don't respond to 
most, if not all of them. And, that, and that's, that's fair because you probably yeah. get thousands of them. Well, you know, that's very generous of you, but, uh, I, I get, I get it. I get a handful and like, I don't, I, I like being able to, uh, I love being able to interact with fans. I just don't want, um, I don't want, I don't want to give the wrong impression, you know? Yeah. Nope. I get it. I totally get it. And I can respect that. I guess my last real official question here, and I mean, this is perfect because you're also a coach and, you know, you teach people this stuff. So you probably have the perfect answer anyway. But if somebody who's just starting out as an actor in general, not just voice acting, but just acting in general, and they say, hey, what advice do you have for a brand new person like me? Oh, that's a that's a very good question. <laughs> um I think the, the, the key advice I always love to give to any actor, any new actor that I, that I meet, that I encounter is, um, take improv classes, have fun, um, understand that the journey is sometimes scary, but it's worthwhile if it's something you truly love. Um, and I think like the, the best advice I ever got and the best advice I usually have to give is that this is a marathon, you know? I'm, I'm 35. I've been acting, well, 34, 35 this year, 35 this year. Yeah. Something (laughs) like that. I'm figuring it out. I forget (laughs) the days all run together right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. This is very much a marathon. You know, I, I started voiceover, like really seriously pursuing voiceover maybe 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was real lucky out the gate to have some really good bookings. Um, and I've been real lucky in the past few years with the bookings I've gotten. But this is a marathon and you've got to be in it for the long haul. Um, on top of that, I would also say, remember that in this business, nothing is personal. You know, there's no, uh, no one is, you know, picking you. No one's not picking you because you, said a bad word on, on Twitter because you dropped an F bomb on Twitter or something like you get booked on things because you're right for the role. Kind of hearkening back to what I was saying before, um, with, you know, bookings that I've, or jobs that I've heard that I've auditioned for and thinking that they've picked the appropriate voice. Like that's exactly it. This is about serving the story. It's about serving what we're being asked to do. That's the job. It's not about our egos. It's not about our, you know, what we think it's best. It's what's best for the product as a whole. And I think about that too, in terms of, you know, in Vancouver, we, we get the opportunity to work on a lot of like CW shows or, or Hallmark shows or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those roles are there to serve a purpose. And it's our job as actors to serve that purpose. And for voiceover specifically, I would just say, like, remember, this is not personal. You know, the the producer might have driven in to to listen to these auditions that are just being played off a computer at him or at them, I should say. Who knows? And, uh, you know, they might have heard a radio DJ in the morning and then thought, like, oh, that's the voice I want. (laughs) (laughs) Literally anything could affect the process. And it is not your performance. Of course, you got to be good. 
You know, if you want to compete against guys like Eric Bauza, you know, guys like Rob Paulson, uh, Yuri Lowenthal, D. Bradley Baker, if you want to compete at that level, you've got to be that good. But if you're not booking at that level and you are good, it's not about you. That's fair. That's some great advice right there. I like it. Well, I try. <laughs> That's the job. <laughs> well, with this last little bit of the show, I'd like to open it up and, and let you tell the listeners where they can go, like all your different social medias, so they can follow along and check out your stuff. Sure. Um, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad we were we were able to work it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. It's the same handle. It's at J in Ocalia. That's J I N J I N O C A L L A. I forgot my own last name for a sec there. Wow. What is going? On? Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Um, all three seasons are currently streaming. Um, my little pony friendship is magic is out there. I'm on it. Check it out. <laughs> you probably already have. Who am I kidding? <laughs> it's a great show. It um, yeah. Uh, check me out on Instagram and on Twitter. Those are my big, my big two. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. That I was going to say, thank you so much for coming on the show. It really has been a blast listening to, you know, how you got into this and how you made your way through and even some advice at the end. That was, that was really awesome show. Oh, you know, my pleasure. It's, uh, I, I really firmly believe that as, as a teacher and also as an actor, uh, a rising tide raises all ships. You know, we want, we want new talent. We want good new talent and there's always room for everybody. Always room for everybody. I love it. And you know, Always room for everybody. I've always got room for more listeners. But thank you to the listeners who tuned in to check this out. We really appreciate you. So make sure to go to Jesse's social medias. Click the likes, the links, the bells, the subscribes, all that good stuff. <laughs> check it all out because it's it's great. And it's coming. There's more coming. It's just going to get better from here. So thank you very much for tuning in to check out the show. And we'll see you all next time. Take care, everyone. Stay well. <laughs> Now that was an awesome interview. Thanks so much for listening. You all are so great. And don't forget to head to Facebook, Insta, and Twitter and follow The Leo Effects. If you want to hear some comedy and ridiculous voices, check out Shattered Dungeons on YouTube and all other places podcasts can be heard. And you'll hear me voicing crazy characters, usually pretty terribly. So thank you so much. You all are the absolute best. And we will see you all on the next episode.